0: Welcome to the Parents Against Vaping e-cigarette cave podcast, Big Tobacco Mess with the Wrong Moms. I'm Meredith Berkman. I'm Dorian Furman, and we're the wrong moms. But we have the right public health family physician and chief medical officer for prevention at the American Heart Association. With us today, Dr. Eduardo Sanchez, who is a father of four, a former health commissioner for the great state of Texas. And we are really honored, um, Eduardo, to have you here with us today. So thank you so much for joining the PAVE podcast.
1: Thank you for having me and thank you for what you do. This is a really important issue that we need to get in front of and protect our kids and protect our people from. So thank you.
0: We've talked a lot, um, you know, in, in our messaging and in educating parents about the dangers that um, these products, nicotine flavored vapes, flavored nicotine products are causing to our kids' brains. And we've talked a lot, certainly uh, even more so since the pandemic began about the damage these products are causing to developing lungs. But we'd really like to, to talk to you um, about the cardiovascular damage. You know, What are the dangers, both short-term and long-term, to our kids' hearts, when they are addicted to nicotine and vaping these flavored products,
1: we're in early days of uh, kind of knowing exactly what vaping does uh, to the cardiovascular system. Uh, but there's um, n- there's there's growing evidence um, in animal models and um, some cell models that uh, vaping and the the, the chemicals in the vaping, yes, they are causing um, at least some short-term damage. And um, the worry would be that they can cause sustained damage. Um, And the bigger worry is that being addicted to nicotine um, um, can lead to uh, going from vape to tobacco uh, that is smoked. And smoked tobacco is undoubtedly Um, a very, very serious, serious danger to our cardiovascular system. Um, I know we're not talking about that, but I just want to remind folks who are listening that still today, tobacco use is the number one um, behavioral cause of death in the United States of America, period. And the degree to which vaping can lead to young people... um, Then who then become adults, to smoke cigarettes um, or other combustible tobacco is very, very worrisome. So not only what vaping does in the moment to the cardiovascular system, but what vaping can lead to because there's good evidence that that transition does happen.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because something that a lot of people say is that vaping is smoking cessation, that it's safer than cigarettes. But for the moment, there's no proof of that. Let's just be clear, it is not safer and it can often lead to dual use, is that correct?
1: That is absolutely correct. Dual use is absolutely a thing. I do think it's also important to say, you know, um, in this uh, harm reduction conversation, um, uh, A, you are correct, there's no good evidence that vaping um, helps people quit smoking, Uh, but the other is that um you've you've replaced one addiction or at least one form of nicotine addiction with another one and um as a parent i'm just not comfortable with the idea that my kid is addicted to nicotine like that just cannot be a good thing and i'm saying that as a parent and now as a scientist i would say not a good thing um and one of the challenges is that um Uh, that that the American Heart Association has worried about, and I'm sure in other podcasts you've had this discussion, is that we still don't know, we still don't have the tools um, to effectively de-addict children who are addicted to nicotine from the nicotine they're addicted to. That's a huge
0: problem. So at, talking to you as a, with your public health warrior hat on, what has to happen for there to be across the board research into the best cessation services or treatment for young people? And what can we do to accelerate that? Because all the time we hear from parents who are desperate to help their kids get off of this.
1: The bad news is that we're in the situation that we're in. The good news is that um, I think there's a concerted effort to find those interventions that are going to make a difference. And so whether it's the American Heart Association, which has put $17 million into the research system to fast track Um, research around the health impacts of e-cigarettes and nicotine on youth. Um, Other organizations, sister organizations like the American Academy of Pediatrics, are also um, combing and and sifting through the science to find, um, at the very least, promising interventions um, as we build the evidence base. There is a warp speed effort to figure out and find Um, those interventions that will help young people become unaddicted to nicotine.
0: This is an entire generation of kids that would otherwise not have been initiated into tobacco use, but for these flavored vape products. We hear from parents all the time who are being forced to send their kids to uh, inpatient rehab and they are paying for it out of pocket. And when we started this two years ago, you know, those were so stories were coming at us, but they were, um, people felt those were the, quote, most extreme cases. But as this has gone on, we have heard more and more about this. You're going to have the haves and the have-nots. So those who can afford some kind of inpatient or outpatient treatment or, or some kind of private intervention to help their kids will be able, God willing, to have their nicotine-addicted kids become Former Vapors for Life, as you said, but those who do not have those resources, and this is a story as old as time, their kids will be, I hope not, Vapors for Life or Smokers for Life. So how do we fight against that? And I know it's early, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to treat these kids, but we're in this for the long haul because we want to be advocating for these young people, who in terms of cost-benefit analysis, they're going to have long-term consequences.
1: We absolutely have to have a dual approach—one of prevention and treatment simultaneously. Um, we 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 have to do everything we can to keep um, any uh, even one more child from becoming addicted to nicotine. That's critically important. So we we've got to do that. Um, and and. Part of that um, uh, comes from uh, the the lessons we've learned from um, combustible tobacco, right? That um, you need um, need, um, policy level level levers, you need um, um, awareness and education level um, levers, and you actually need some, uh, in addition to the policy, kind of the regulatory piece, um, uh, which means, no vaping in certain places uh, uh, could mean, uh, and, and taxation is another one that I would add to that list. So, so um, th- that's, that's one thing that has to happen. Uh, the other is that um, uh, we need to have, uh, I, I believe we need to make sure that uh, we are approaching uh, the development of science in a way that to your point, Meredith, addresses the issue of equity. Um, And um, assures that there aren't folks left behind because of um, pocketbook issues uh, that that disadvantage those that don't have uh, the resources to pay for the things that um, in the moment are being done without necessarily the strongest science to support them. Because as I'm listening to you about intensive inpatient, um, you know, the question I would have is... uh, um, what's that looking like six, nine, 12 months down the road? And are there characteristics of who, um, was a success and what are the, what are the factors associated with the success? What are the factors associated with, um, uh, less than success? Um, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, um, relapse and, um, and um, can you apply what's been learned in the intensive inpatient setting um, to a, an outpatient setting? A- and again, I think to your point, there's a, there's a we need to do something now um, uh, sen- sensibility about this, but there's also the truth is we, we've got to have a little bit of the science to make it happen. And again, not to go off on, on covid um, but but one of the challenges that we've had in this time of COVID is that um, every new solution uh, we want to apply immediately. And the scientists and the public health folks say, let's hold back a minute. Let's do this in a systematic way to be sure that what appears to be working um, is nothing more than what was either going to happen anyway or is not really the result of the intervention itself. It was uh, uh, it was going to happen on its own. So so um, really non-specific. Um, and Meredith, I just don't know that there's a good solid answer except that we've got to continue investing in the regulatory control. We've got to keep um, um, uh, the pressure on to have taxes in place that become a disincentive to a purchase product for young people. We've got to um, have the bans in place uh, that will uh, keep at least public vaping from happening um, even as we build the evidence base around what will work and what 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 won't work. I will tell you that our experience in Texas um, around tobacco was that when we invested the dollars um, uh, to do public awareness of kids and adults, and we did the, uh, we invested the dollars to do um, uh, multi sector interventions. So in the school systems, helping them figure out what rules they needed to have in place. Um, um, In in the medical care settings, what information could and should be provided based on science, having quit lines, 1-800-I-WANNA-QUIT, I I made that one up, uh, but they're quit lines. We could have um, um, youth and peer supported um, I want to quit vaping lines and begin to build the evidence around that. We know that peer-to-peer works in all sorts of substance abuse situations. Couldn't that be a thing that we would explore? But what we learned in Texas was it took all of it together to make a difference uh, around tobacco use. But we, when we compared counties where we did that level of in, of intense public health intervention, which didn't cost too much. Those interventions had fairly dramatic populational effects that we could measure. Um, And when it came to uh, those communities where we did that, not only did we see less kids start smoking, because we're talking about tobacco here, but can we apply what we've learned in smoke tobacco to some of the approaches that we are exploring and evaluating for vaping? Um, We saw less kids starting to smoke, more adults quitting smoking, um, and we saw um, a very immediate effect on heart attack admissions in hospitals when we put these programs in place in a handful of counties and compared them to the counties where we didn't do it. So I, I, I think the promising thing is that we've learned some things with tobacco that maybe we can apply to vaping. Is it a one to one? Absolutely not. But are there elements that need to be a part of it, um, including raising awareness, um, finding those behavioral interventions that'll make a difference, equals quit line, even as we build the evidence base for how we get kids unaddicted to nicotine?
0: You're a public health warrior on so many levels, and we are, you know, we are so impressed by, by what you're doing, what the Heart Association is doing, and we consider you and the organization partners because um, we're not going away and the problem's not going away. we got to all fight it together. So thank you so much. Edward. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms.
2: If you're a parent and you want to get involved, please check out our website at parentsagainstvaping.org.
0: We need passionate parents to join our grassroots movement across the country to protect our kids from the predatory behavior of big tobacco. To
2: get involved in local advocacy campaigns, please text PAVE, that is P-A-V-E, to 72572. Parents' voices matter, and you can make a difference.
0: Do you have a teen or young adult at home that vapes? This is Quitting is a free and anonymous text message program designed to help young people quit vaping. Teens and young adults can text "ditch, vape" to 88709 to sign up today. That's provided by Truth the National Youth Tobacco Prevention Campaign from our partner and sponsor, uh, The Truth Initiative. It's the first of its kind program that helps young people feel motivated, inspired, and supported while quitting. More than 150,000 young people have enrolled since the program launched in January 2019. The messages include
2: evidence-based tips and strategies to quit combined with real feedback from young people Again, teens and young adults can enroll by texting "ditchvape" to 88709. Truth Initiative also offers free text messages for parents who are helping their children quit vaping. I myself enrolled in this program as well and would get different ideas and tips to help support my son. You can join the program by texting QUIT to 202-899-7550 or by
0: visiting Become an X.org to sign up. To learn more about Truth Initiative and its programs, visit TruthInitiative.org.